Hey, this is Sam Bam Colton from Faster Pussycat, and you're listening to The Itch. You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week we are scratching the itch for a throwback. You see, we've got a guest this week is a man by the name of Josh Todd from the band Buck Cherry. And Buck Cherry is definitely what I would call kind of an old school rock and roll band. They definitely have some of those those classic rock vibes to their sound. And so uh, we wanted to talk with him. And in the process, we brought up a topic that we discussed 100 episodes ago, back in episode 49 and episode 53. And that is what really is classic rock and how do you define it? And so we, we got ourselves an artist that was somewhat in that world and had an answer for us. Something we don't get a chance to talk a lot about is our radio show. Uh, we started our radio show in 2004 and part of that radio show, a huge segment of that radio show is our classic rock block where we feature five or six songs and then a double dose of the same band. And it's been a save point of our show since we've started it. And on the flip side of that too, this band, Buck Cherry, has been a band that we've been playing since the start of our show. I remember just being so enamored with them when they came out because I was in high school. And this was one of those bands that like was pushing the line of what was OK, like for radio, especially like they were always pushing the line. And as a, as a teenager, I loved that. I fell in love with this band back then. And and then when they came out with 15, it was over. Like I, I was one of my favorite albums <laughs> of the year. I think it was like 2006. And so we, we've been playing them on our show for, you know, the entire time we've had our radio show. And so this was really cool and just full circle to be able to meet him. And that's why it was really cool to be able to ask them the question that we've been pondering for the, since you know 2004. <laughs> <laughs> what is classic rock? And these guys are guys, again, you know, that you mentioned, they've been around for a while. They've been around since the 90s and they have a genre that it definitely throws back to a lot of different eras. I do want to note one of their Wikipedia genres is listed as sleaze rock. (laughs) And I've never heard that before, but I think it is very apropos. Yeah. And I agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. And the the other awesome thing with doing this and doing as many interviews that we have is that we yet again get to speak with an artist right before their new stuff comes out. That's right. Volume 10 will be coming out June 2nd. That will be this Friday as of this episode's release. You can probably pre-save it right now. That goes a long way for artists. And we had the privilege of listening to it early, and every song on this album is a banger. It's it's a really good, good Buck Cherry album. And I think uh, Casey was mentioning they've been putting out some solid albums recently. Specifically, I think you mentioned our last three, right? Yeah. War Paint, and then... Hellbound. Hellbound, last, last one. And then this new one, Volume 10, is three solid Buck Cherry albums. Yeah, and Volume 10, one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about real quick is we we asked about um, you know upcoming singles. And, and I want to kind of restructure this before you hear it, because our intention behind that question was to really highlight how many songs were so radio friendly off the, off the album. But... The one thing I didn't take into consideration when we were asking this is that they literally just released Shine Your Light. And so, you know, looking back on that, it it didn't come out as intended because, you know, we're not trying to just 
discredit Shine Your Light. That's a great song. Music video is fantastic. Get a chance to check it out. I recommend it. But when we asked that, our intention behind the question was to just highlight how many songs off of the album could have that could be singles. Like it, it, he could choose any song, just randomly throw a dart at the track list, and you know you'd have your next single. Yeah, agreed. And we'll uh, discuss a little bit more about that in the outro. But without any further ado, here's our conversation with Josh Todd of Buck Cherry. Josh, thank you for your time. We appreciate having you today. I know you got a lot going on pretty much all the time, which is one of the things we want to talk about. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get right onto it. Let's get it. We've stated repeatedly on our show that we're suckers for artists who are grinders, uh, bands like seven dust, nonpoint bands that are on the road all the time, releasing music consistently. Buck Cherry would be the poster child for really any, that kind of an act for almost 25 years. Now you guys have been on the road an average of at least like hundred days a year. And now you have put out volume 10, which is your 10th studio album coming out on June 2nd. Yes. And Josh, you're also constantly making the media rounds, talking to the band to, you know, what you're up to. So it's quite a feat to continue that pace for so long. So we're just curious. So what's the secret to maintain that kind of pace and energy? Uh, first and foremost, passion. You know, I mean, once I started becoming self-supporting through music, you know, that was the dream, you know, so, uh, didn't want to let that go. And you got to work really hard in order to bridge the gap so that you can be a full-time musician, you know? So, um, and especially in this day and age, it's, uh, you can't sit home and collect checks. You know what I mean? You got to be out on the road hustling and performing and selling your merch. And that's the way it is for, uh, a person in my position, you know, if I, you know, if we were the Rolling Stones, It'd be a little different. We could take a little bit more time off between uh, record cycles, but um, it's a different uh, situation for uh, Buck Cherry and the bands that you mentioned earlier. You know, so um, but uh, I enjoy it. You know, I, I like to uh, I like to consistently make records. It's really challenging, and I learn a lot. And I'm always a student of the game. And Volume Ten, our tenth record, uh, drops June second, and we're we're here 24 years in the game, and it's it's just, uh, it's really, really hard to have longevity in the rock game. So we're, we're really grateful for it. Absolutely. Yeah. This new album that you, you guys worked with, Marty Fredrickson of the Four Horsemen, it's definitely a party album. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few tracks that have a classic rock feel to them. For example, one of them being kind of a Def Leppard vibe and feels like love. Yeah. Uh, how did you guys end up arriving to that particular sound for this album? And what role would you say that Marty played in that? I mean, that particular song was exactly what you're saying. I've been obsessed with uh, hysteria for a long time. And uh, I went in the studio and Stevie and Marty were there. And I said, hey, I want a song. Uh, I want Buck Cherry's Hysteria. And they're like, okay. And they, <laughs> they sent me the the music to that song uh, that night. And um I had already, I had started working on a melody and then, and then Marty sent me a melody that he, he came up with like 
about an hour later and uh i liked his melody a little better and i just wrote words over his melody and um it's such a great song and when we play it live it's it's a it's a moment you know but yeah i mean songs happen all different kinds of ways and sometimes you'll throw out an artist in the past you know you'll say like for instance on hellbound you know they were they were giving me a lot of great songs and then i said i still want my acdc song you know and then they gave me the music to hellbound that night you know and uh, and that's how that came about or sometimes i'll just come in with an idea already written lyrics and melodies and they just come up with music, you know? Um, but th this record's really great um, from beginning to end. And, yes. you know, we're at a different, different place at, uh, at, in time, you know, like uh, when we wrote for Hellbound, it was the pandemic was going on. It was a lot of negativity surrounding the, the whole United States at the time. So um, it was a bit of a darker record. And this, this record's about getting back to, having a good time and, you know, good time rock and roll. So far, you've released three singles from volume 10, the most recent being Shine Your Light. Yeah. Which, as as is to be expected, there's definitely, as you mentioned, it's a party album. There's a lot of very, like, radio-ready material on this album. Always. Yeah. So if we can look into the, the crystal ball a little bit, is there a song in particular you've kind of got your eye on as what could be the next single? Oh, wow. You know, like Shine Your Light <laughs> just dropped, just dropped. And we got a great video for that, like you were yeah. saying. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's different now. We can do whatever we want. You know, mm -hmm. um, yep. there's, there's talk of either th that we may do like um, a live, a live type video where we bring somebody on the road with us and, and we do something to Summer of 69, which would be really cool. And then, you know, we're either going to do Pain or Feels Like Love as a really great video or both, you know, so um there's just so many songs it's so deep we can do whatever we want you know and it, it just all depends on where we're at in the year how much touring we've done what song is going to serve what situation and we got enough songs to where you know we can figure it out yeah it's cool so you kind of got some you got you got freedom to kind of not entirely play it by ear but pick a different you know from a number of different avenues you could go as time goes by yeah, it's just different, you know. As you guys know, uh, rock radio has slowly uh, gone away in, in yeah. the United States. You know, it's just it's just not what it used to be as far as what it means for a a record cycle, you know. And so we we're more concentrating on content for as far as marketing the record online and Spotify and stuff like that, you know. So it's just a whole different thing, and I like it. It's kind of back back to like you know independent records and stuff like that, you know, back in the day, you know, um, more grassroots, but, uh, you know, you can get to more people this way, but also what has changed is everybody's attention span is much shorter mm. than it used to be. Yeah, right. You know, yep. you got about five seconds to make an impression and that's tough. Yep. Yeah. That's a great point though, speaking to the freedom and, and the pressure there and, and why it's important for that. You guys are as consistent as you are, because it's very easy to be forgotten about with everything competing for attention. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. You know, um, thank God, you know, we have, we have a long history, you know, and, uh, we got a great fan base and we have hits, you know, in the tank already. And yep, we got, we tour. And like you said, we do about 240 shows, a record cycle. And so, um, people like that about us. They, they can count on, you know, coming out to the Buck Cherry show. And now we're getting whole families that come to Buck Cherry shows, you know, the parents and then the kids and it's crazy. It's, it's a uh, come full circle. 
Yeah, and, and Buck Cherry is a completely different experience live. And you know, going back to your stamina as a musician, we've noticed you've had an incredibly ambitious tour schedule planned for 2023. Yeah. In fact, I think you've even got like one month off the entire rest of the year. So obviously you'll be showcasing a lot of the new songs. What impact do you think the new music will have on your set list? Oh, I mean, it's it's completely changed the set list now. I mean, you know, I, it's it's like what I've always dreamed about having that headlining set that is just one great song after another. You know what I mean? There's like no not that there was any uh, turds in the punch bowl before, but like <laughs> now now it's like we have a plethora of really great songs. And then and, you know, I make up the set list every day, you know, and. Because of that, I, I can change it up even. We have so so many songs. We have over 100 songs out there, you know, so it makes it for a really great live experience. And um, I'm so grateful for that. Are there any particular songs you're excited about playing live this tour? Yeah, you know, we just started playing songs like Feels Like Love and Pain, which are really big moments in the set. You know, it just um, so I was really looking forward to doing those when we started doing them and you know, without even the record on the street, you know, people are already reacting to those songs as if they're like singles, you know, so that's really cool. Um, and then doing all the new stuff, you know, uh, Good Time and Let's Get Wild and Shine Your Light is is a lot of fun, you know, and, you know, up until this point, I thought Hellbound was our best record, you know, and, and here we go, volume 10, it's really, it's really up there with uh some of the great bc records so you know we just have so much ammunition and then all the usual suspects as well crazy bitch sorry lit up all those you know songs riding you know throwing in there it's just made it for such a fun show we have a kind of a, a pointed question for you right here uh we've debated in the past what constitutes the definition of classic rock is it more of a specific time period or is it based on a certain sound as being a, a band the last 25 years and a, a big staple of the rock community, we'd like to hear your own definition of the term classic rock. Yeah, you know, uh, that's a good question. You know, I mean, classic rock used to always be, for me, like bands in the 70s and 80s, you know, and, and now, you know, here we are in 2023. So if you're really going to say classic rock, I guess it would, you would put like nineties bands in there now. And, yep. <laughs> and, uh, but I've always kind of thought of it as a particular sound and that is like good time rock and roll, you know, like, um, I think we could even be in that mix, you know, to a certain degree because, you know, we dropped our first record in 99. I listen to classic rock on Sirius XM and, you know, occasionally they'll throw in like some kind of like grunge song and in, in like a, like yeah. <laughs> in a playlist of like you know bob seeger and you know leonard yeah. skinner and bad company and it just doesn't sound right you know so yeah. um i always think of classic rock more along the lines of those type of bands and you know all, some of the hits from the 80s as well you know 80s rock and you know acdc and all that kind of stuff you know and so uh, that's what I think of when I think of classic rock. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. That's awesome. That's ex kind of exactly what we agree with as well. And yeah, this, this album definitely has that, that classic rock type of feel that sound. And it's, it's a, it's a great album. One, it reminds me a lot of your other album that's numbered as well. Number 15 or of the album 15. Yeah. 15. Yeah. Which I, I just, and it was one of the reasons why I was reminiscent because on that album, I felt there was like kind of a, a lot of like ACDC 
type of tones and, and there's you know there's more like 80s kind of classic rock sound so I, I'm, I'm hoping that your fans enjoy this one just as much it, it's i'm really looking forward to uh the reaction from it yeah thanks you know at the end of the day it's all about songs you know like are they good songs you know do they have are they unforgettable are they do they have great melodies and you know great hooks and that's really what we always strive for we do what's best for the song when we're writing you know and um and I just want to make uh, 10 song records that you can put on and leave on from beginning to end. Those were the records that um, I always loved and that's all I want to do, you know? So uh, we worked pretty hard to do that. You know, we have to write a lot more than 10 songs to get there, you know, and uh, I think uh, people will be pleased. One other question that I have that's kind of really off subject, you know, you're known for having some very distinctive tattoos. Some of them also may have seemed to change over the years. And I've been wanting to get a tattoo myself for years. And I've also tried to get these guys to get uh, matching itch tattoos. But uh, we've seen too many horror stories or people kind of second guessing their decisions. So, you know, as a, as a person who's a bit of an ever changing canvas, I was curious if you'd be willing to chat about some of your tattoos. Yeah. You know, is there any particular tattoos that you've second guessed? Um, no, you don't second guess it. You, you know, everything... You know, I feel like in my life, you know, uh, tattoos have marked like periods of time in my life, you know, and mm -hmm. I can look at those, you know, when I'm looking at myself in the mirror or whatever, and they bring up good memories, you know, some, some not so good memories, you know, yeah. but, um, uh, I always want to be body suited, you know, when I started this whole thing, uh, it's kind of like, um, I don't know. I was fascinated with heavily tattooed people from a very young age, oh, bef okay. way before I was, you know. I just, I remember seeing like a biker with like sleeves and when I was a kid and I'm like, wow, it looks like a shirt. You know, it was, I just thought it was amazing. And I, and, and then I, you know, even seeing like the Indians back in the day, they were like, they had war paint and, you know, they had stuff all over their bodies. And I was like, that's so dope, you know, like, and uh, I always wanted that. And um, I just thought it was more interesting than just normal skin, you know, so. Yeah, that's why I started getting tattooed and it's kind of like my business suit. And then when you go to like Japan, the Yakuza, you know, the Japanese mafia, yeah. they're tattooed from their neck down and it's so badass looking, you know, and it just, <laughs> you just, you feel like you're in a tribe, you know, and yeah. um, that's what I like about it. You know, I don't know what other people think about tattoos, but uh, that's what I dig about them. Is there any particular uh, meaningful one that you'd like to share? Uh, probably my back piece is like pretty meaningful. It's the suicide king of hearts. The only king in the deck with a knife through his head. And I earned that one. It was, it's, it's a big piece and it, it really, it really was painful, you know? So uh, like that one took a long time to, to get through it too. You know, um, I remember when Kevin Quinn has tattooed the majority of my body, this tattoo artist in Los Angeles. Uh, he's really, really amazing guy. And, spent a lot of time under the gun with him anyways when he when he when you put like the scratch outline you know because first you got to just kind of do a rough outline and then you know and the rough outline was from the top of my back to the base of my back and i just remember laying there and i'm like in my head going oh my god what was <laughs> what am i doing you know <laughs> this sucks well, you're committed uh, at that point <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, but yeah, yeah you're committed. And then, <laughs> and then I was just like, I was like, Kevin, let's just knock this out as soon as we can, you know, and <laughs> easier said than done. So I would go in there and do like, you know, 
two hours, three hours on the top. And then two weeks later, two hours, three hours on the bottom and so on until we knocked it out. But it was, it was brutal. Thank you. He does good work. Uh, for anybody who hasn't seen Josh, I would say Google him because not only are you, are, are you a canvas? It's a great word, but it's, it's colors. It's a whole palette. It's, it's, it's really, it is, you, your skin has become quite the work of art. And so, <laughs> yeah, I always tell, you know, Stevie, my guitar player, you know, he, we've known each other since I was 19, you know, way before he was in Buck Cherry. And I always tell him, I'm like, dude, when we get like really old and decrepit, we're just going to be like old <laughs> fucking tattooed dudes in the rest home. Just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to be, I want to be bad grandpa. You know, I want to be just like, you know, it's going to be funny. That's awesome. Love it. <laughs> All right. We got a few questions here that we usually wrap up with um, with everybody. And mostly it's, a, it's just a little bit deeper look into your relationship with music in general. So we start with what is a, a song or an album that changed your life? Wow. Uh, in, in the rock genre, because I listen to everything. But any uh, genre. Rock genre. Yeah. Any yeah. reason. Well, I'll stick to topic. We are talking about rock and roll. So <laughs> it, it would definitely have to be... Uh, uh, ACDC's Back in Black, you know, I mean, that was, that was a record, you know, when I was a kid in Orange County, California, I was listening to all like independent records prior to getting into like mainstream rock music. And so I had a lot of punk rock records and, and so, uh, I didn't really get like eighties rock. I just didn't get it. It was a little weird for me because of all the teased up hair and the makeup and guys trying to look, you know, cute. I wasn't into it, you know? And then when ACDC dropped, I was like, this is a band that I can really sink my <laughs> teeth into. I was like, this is badass, you know? And I just remember taking that record. I'd put it in my pocket, you know, a little cassette. I would go to parties and I would always change the music because I wanted to see people react to this record because I thought it was just so amazing, you know? So, um, yeah, that was the record that really changed my my whole direction, you know? Um you can dance to it. You can party to it. You can rock to it. That's a good rock record. That is fair. All right. We call this one uh, Choose Between Your Children. And so it's uh, what is a song from, from Buckchair's entire 25-year career that you are especially proud to have written? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a really uh, <laughs> challenging question. <laughs> you can have a whole family um, if you got two or three, you know. I think, you know... Pain, pain is a uh, pain is off the new record, and when you guys hear it, it it's kind of like yeah. What Marty, what Marty calls it, is uh, Buck Cherry's uh, November Rain. I don't totally. know. I think it. I think it's really uh, an epic, and it's very personal to me, and just uh, a really cool song, you know. And I think it's going to touch a lot of people, and and um, so that was probably the song, the song I'm the most proud of for sure. Nice. For the record, that's my favorite song on the new album. All right, let's go. <laughs> Mission accomplished. What's a band that everyone should see live? Oh, wow. Everybody should see Bruno Mars live. Okay. And, uh, you know, for sure. He's uh, he's the most talented guy in the game right now. He is uh, so incredibly talented. And he's, he can sing, dance, write songs, play multiple instruments. He's a freak of nature. He's a, a one in, you know, maybe three decade type artist and uh you should see him before you know he, he he'll be doing it for a long time but you know what i mean yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i appreciate that answer 
Yeah, I always enjoy when people answer outside of, of the rock genre because we're just expecting that. But there's a lot of curveballs we get and we ask that question. It's great. Yeah, yeah. All right. You mentioned earlier how, you know, you, you want to come up with these 10 song albums that there's there's no filler to them, you know, start to finish. What would you consider a a no skips album? What's one that you put on yourself and and play start to finish? In the rock genre or just in general? In general. I mean, Back in Black is one of those records, of course, mm-hmm. put on and leave on. But, you know, uh, The Cult Electric is one of those records. Um, Led Zeppelin's Houses of the Holy. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, I was a big fan of Slipknot's Iowa. Oh, I think nice. that's a great record from beginning to end. Nice. You know, and the first Rage Against the Machine record. Awesome. Awesome. Last one, as, as an artist who has toured all up and down different parts of a bill with all kinds of different artists. We're curious your take. What is an artist or who is an artist that more people should know? An artist that more people should know. Hmm. That's a good question. That's currently in the game right now. Sure. Yeah. We're trying to shine a little spotlight on somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys know this guy. Um, I believe it's Marcus King. Um, stand by. <laughs> I'm just uh, pulling. I'm pulling my playlist because I want to get this right. He's a really talented guy, and a lot of people know of him. But like this guy, Marcus King, yeah, incredible singer, very soulful singer. Um, just, just a great artist. I gotta say, when I, I I saw this guy do this little, he did this bit where he was like, it was like a bluesy type song, and it was on this NASCAR commercial. And I'm like, who is that guy? Who is this guy? Like, I've never. And then I, I searched him up and I started listening to his music and I followed him on Instagram. And I'm like, this guy's amazing. So check out Marcus King. This guy should be up there with uh, um, who's the guy who's writing all those great songs. Uh, fuck, what is his name? Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Oh, those okay. two guys. Yeah. The, 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 those two guys are kind of like in the same vein, you know. So okay. anyways. But Chris Stapleton's much more successful, but Marcus King is really great. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. You check out his voice. Very unique, very unique voice. And then on his Instagram, one of his posts was he's sitting there and he's singing a crowded house song, that big hit, Hey Now, Hey Now. That, yeah, yeah. I think that's how it, yeah. And he's singing it and his voice is so cool and it's it's really great. You should try to search up that. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much for your time. We do appreciate it. And, uh, you know, this, this has been incredible because we've been playing you on our radio show for 20, 20 some odd years. And, and to finally thank meet you. you is just it's it's surreal. So thank you very much for your time. And, and I hope that uh, we, we get to meet again soon. Thank you, guys. And it was a good interview. Thank you. Thank you. That was our conversation with Josh Todd of Buck Cherry. One of the things that I absolutely love uh, about doing interviews is that I feel like we have continued to hone our skills really well. We had about 30 minutes for this interview. We had planned, obviously, a lot more questions, and we continue to do that. But when we got on, 
he advised us how much time we had. And so we were, you know, real quick to adjust on the fly. And that's one reason why I, I love working with these guys is that we, we did, we made, you know, without even communicating with words, we were still able to, uh, update our script and, and get what we needed to ask out there and was timed perfectly perfectly <laughs> the timing did work out fantastically it le- it ended on a high note I-, I felt like i felt like you could feel him get uh, a little looser and more comfortable as the conversation yes. went which is always one of our goals that yeah and i felt that he was to be honest a little bit harder of a nut to crack than a lot of people we've spoken to <laughs> And so I felt that that was actually a like a little not I don't know if a game is the right word, but it seemed like a challenge that I wanted to to tackle. Yes, we did interview him on a media day. And so for people that aren't aware, media days are basically where artists have a bunch of interviews scheduled throughout their entire day. Uh, one thing I will say is that I'm not necessarily a fan of interviewing people on media days. And there's a couple of reasons for that, because for one, they have limited time, which some work, you know, sometimes it works out. I think it worked out for the best in this situation uh, because the interview was real quick. He, he realized that we were on a time crunch, so he kind of shortened his answers. Um, but the other thing is that like in those certain days, I'm sure because artists are asked the same type of questions throughout the day or the questions are organized like the same way, they tend to have the same generic responses throughout their interviews. Yeah. Not that not that that was the case here, but I'm just saying that that's my issue with interviewing artists on media day. And I think because of that, it's awesome to see an artist as the interview goes along, just kind of open up, start having a little bit more fun and then, you know, continuously giving you the that's a great question. That's a right. great question. That's yeah, a great, a great interview question. at the end of it. Like, man, that, that's when they say that, that's a great question. Or when they say like at the end, that was a great interview. Like that, that means so much because it's like, all right, cool. We, we did, we did win them over. We, we did our job. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely wanted to call attention to that a little bit because again, with it being media day, he's not giving stock answers, but yes. a lot of people are asking the same questions and that's, we try not to do that, but it's kind of hard when they have a new album that hasn't even been released yet. So you kind of have to start out that way or just discuss the new album in general. But when we ask the classic rock question and when we ask the tattoo question and we start talking about stuff that doesn't necessarily talk about the new album, but talks about stuff that he's interested in, you can you could feel him opening up a little bit more on those questions. Yeah. And had we had more time, we could have gotten into a lot more weirder stuff like his acting career. <laughs> I know. Or the fact that he became a certified phlebotomist during the <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> I, I didn't actually know that until like five minutes ago. And I'm like, Oh, how did I not? I wish I could have <laughs> talked about these things. Yeah. A bonus for listeners here. And I, this is something I was thinking about the other day, actually, that I think is kind of fun. If you if you listen to us with any type of regularity, you'll notice that we're a little behind the scenes in these and especially in these intros and outros and stuff. You're kind of watching people learn how to do what we're trying to do in real time and talking about it fairly openly. And so there's actually like not only is the itch out here interviewing people and trying to, you know, help promote music and get this insight from these artists and their interesting things that they're doing. But there's sort of like an overarching narrative to the itch of <laughs> of the development and evolution of the show and the things that we learn along the way through these experiences. And I find that kind of entertaining. Yeah, I do. too. 
I mean, it just in the three years of doing this show, my eyes have been opened. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine how much more open they're going to get in the next three years. Right. Bit by bit, we're we're shedding away our little our bits of naivete about things. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> right. And again, it's just awesome to be able to speak with artists right on the cusp of them releasing brand new stuff especially artists that we have been fans of for so long. So this was just really awesome for it to come full circle. And it's kind of like been a, a thing for us at full circle. You know, I think that's uh, yeah. the year, the year of the full circle, right? There you go. <laughs> Volume 10 coming out Friday, June 2nd. If you haven't heard the singles yet, we recommend checking them out. If you like them, go pre-save the album. Real quick. That's one thing that I wanted to mention about the album if you're a fan of Buck Cherry, if you're a fan of classic rock, you're going to enjoy volume 10. Uh, the three singles that are out there are not necessarily my three most favorite songs on the album. There's three or four that I like that are better than those songs. Yeah. <laughs> I like it better that way. If isn't it, Can you think of how disappointing it is when you get an album and all the best stuff is stuff you've already heard? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's great whatever what you said happens, and it's the opposite. We're like, oh, the singles were cool, but <laughs> this whole album, there's there's depth there. That's a good sign. It is. Yeah, we weren't joking when we said every song could be a single. Yeah. So I hope you get to enjoy the album when it is released. Like I said, it's it's a banger, and I'm really excited for Buck Cherry. Thank you very much to Josh Todd for joining us. That was really awesome. Just like we said, just full circle. So thank you very much for, for your time, and, and uh, I hope that you did enjoy yourself. So thank you very much for listening to The Itch. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. So until next time, turn volume 10 up to volume 11. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about The Itch. Check out the show notes for links about the episode, as well as our new music playlist and where you can hear us every Sunday night. And you can interact with us at itchrocks.com or on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Josh Todd is an American musician, singer, songwriter, and actor? Yeah. I, I read that, too, on Wikipedia. He's, he's done a lot of... Let me see. He's, he's done a lot of uh, TV shows and little bit parts and movies. And, yeah. and he's... Became a certified phlebotomist during the COVID epidemic. Okay. What? Hold up. This is something I wish we'd had known. I would have asked about that. <laughs> a health professional who draws blood from patients for medical testing. Oh, he was in the new guy. Yeah. Hmm. I forgot about that. I did too. I, I saw that and I was like, oh, yeah, that was, that was him. That's fucking great. Oh, man. I wish I'd have known all this stuff. He hasn't been in something since... It's been a minute, yeah. The new guy, The Shield, Bones. Bones. Yeah, Bones was, that was yeah. his last appearance. The rocker yeah. in the rinse cycle. Ooh, he was in Eagle Eye, too. Yeah, Eagle Eye, which I don't remember him in that, but it's been a minute since I've seen that movie. Huh. Ooh, and Triple X, too. <laughs> the new guy was fucking awesome. Yeah. That's like a great movie. Huh. Okay. Anyway.